Hello and welcome to the Spirit-Filled Life devotional series. It's part of a conversation we've been in for a few weeks. And today, it's my privilege to share with you on that extraordinary category of spiritual gifts called miracles. It's listed in a few places in the Bible. Not just that miracles happened, but that there is a gift uh, of miracles and an ongoing Uh, evidence of miracles in the life of the believer to present day. And I wanted to demystify that a little because I think sometimes we're tempted to think that those kinds of spiritual things are reserved for super spiritual people in super spiritual circumstances. You've got to have a lion's den or a fiery furnace or something extraordinary in order for miracles to happen. But actually, the Bible teaches us that we are all as believers, first and foremost, the product of a miracle. Our salvation is miraculous. And I think we should start there so that we could lay a foundation that reminds us of the evidence of what true faith is, that it is not the works of man, because then that would be established in our own strength, and it is the works of a miracle. I think that's very important. I see we have someone on Twitch, so good morning. I think I know you are. Hebrews chapter 2 says this, Uh, Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 3 says, This salvation, which was first announced by the Lord, was confirmed to us by those who heard him. So there's a little order. God declares salvation. We hear it and receive it. God testifies to it by signs, wonders, and various miracles. So then a miracle takes place. And then by gifts of the Holy Spirit to distribute according to his will. See these little steps. God announces the opportunity of salvation. We hear it and respond to it. A miracle takes place and then we live a miraculous life. Signs and wonders and miracles of the gifts of the Holy Spirit are continued to be distributed. And I wanted to encourage you that first and foremost, your salvation is a miracle. So we have to enjoy and own the power and privilege of miracles. The second thing is miracles can be defined as perhaps three things. It is supernatural supply, so a variable, an ingredient, a strength, a resource that you did not have in your own sphere of influence is brought to you by God miraculously, a miraculous supply. It can sometimes be a miraculous strategy. God telling the children of Israel to walk around the the, the Jericho walls uh, for seven days is a strategy that seems beyond logic but it has a miraculous component to it. It was bringing the rhythm of that nation into the rhythm of heaven and uh, placing their confidence in God. So there is a supernatural strategy. And then it's often a supernatural step, a small action on our part, punctuated with faith that generates a powerful wave of response from heaven. So there is this incredible power in recognizing that miracles do happen and miracles are supplied supernaturally by God or God's people. So there are a couple of environments I want to encourage you to create in order to see and appreciate and even produce a miraculous life. I thought about all the many, many miracles that have happened in the journey of uh, my story, and I have found them to be overwhelming. It is extraordinary the number of things that God continues to do on a daily, weekly, ongoing basis on what that looks like. And so 
couple of verses I want to uh, put into your heart concerning miracles. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 28 says this, And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second, prophets, third, teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, then helps, then guidance, and all different kinds of tongues and interpretation. I love this passage of Scripture. A lot of it you already know, all these different layers and levels of gifts. But you know what he did? He put it in the church. And do you know, being present in church, now I know for a lot of us we do it online, but whether online or in person, especially in person, you create an atmosphere of miracles. And what happens when more people who have supply are in a space than there are people who have need, something miraculous takes place. You can't only have people with supply or only have people who come to church with need, but when you put the two together, in the worship, in the word, in the conversation, in the sweetness of the fellowship, miracles start to take place. They don't even have to be announced. They just are miraculous. And I want to encourage you, don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Not because there's some sort of, some sort of a, a, a weird strategy about that or because it's sort of some sort of a, um, a system or some sort of a religion about it or some sort of a requirement. No. Be present to either be a miracle for someone or to receive a miracle from someone. He puts it together in the church and something happens there. So that's in a miraculous environment. It's the role of the church to be miraculous. Secondly, sometimes God gives us an assignment to do something that sparks a miraculous environment. Second Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 12 says, I persevered in demonstrating among you the marks of a true apostle, including signs, wonders, and miracles. Here, Paul the Apostle says, my faith is not just words and theories and ideologies and philosophies. It's not just some idea we could debate. At some point when all the talking is finished, something has to change. Lives have to change. Uh, behaviors and actions and responses have to change. When that happens, you can say a miraculous environment is being created. So it's not only the role of the church to be miraculous, and that means you with the miracle must be present with you who needs a miracle, and God does something there. But also, it's the mark or the sign or the demonstration of the assignment of God on our lives, that when we go about doing what God wants us to do, start a business he wants us to start, plant a church he wants us to plant, build something he wants us to build. And when you start doing your assignment, God supplies miracles in your life and things start to happen quite beyond your own human capability. And then lastly, there's the power of just corporate miracles. And I'll show you what Galatians says in chapter 3 and verse 5. It says, so again, I ask, does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you by the works of the law? or by believing what you have heard. Miracles is the product of believing what we have heard. The Bible says when we believe what we hear from the Lord, when we come together and we hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying and we believe it, then the Spirit starts to do miracles among us. And he's doing a comparison between law and grace, old covenant and new covenant, and uh, the, the life of the Spirit and the life of the flesh. And what he's saying is, 
If we live in the one zone, which is to hear from God and believe it, then we should expect a miraculous life. If we live in the other zone, which is legalistic and it is carnal and it's generated by our own human efforts, then one of the things that goes is miracles. And I can often tell the difference between somebody who lives in the life of the spirit and new covenant or somebody who lives in the life of law and the old covenant. Legalistic people, they get rid of miracles straight away. They just believe it's some old-fashioned idea, and that's because they aren't enjoying the miraculous life, so they don't want any, don't think anyone else can. And so uh, part of the new covenant is the joy of a miraculous life. Well, remember what we said miracles are, a supernatural supply that couldn't have been done through your own effort, a supernatural strategy that doesn't seem logical, but it sparks something, and then a supernatural step, an action I take that God puts on my heart, and when I take that action, God responds in a miraculous way. Sometimes the disciples would just come to Jesus and ask for something, or Jesus would give them a simple instruction, go catch that fish, and in the fish, uh, is the coin you need to pay your taxes. Or sometimes Jesus would give them quite unusual instructions. Take a little step and watch what happens. I believe in miracles. I believe we are a miracle. I believe the church is a miraculous place. And I believe that when you're in the new covenant and covered by grace, that miracles can and should be expected. Okay, so with that in mind, gosh, a lot of people... Uh, uh, um, in um, online this morning. Let's take a moment and pray. And I'll add that request for prayer for our city. And thanks, Joanne, for your playlist. So let's pray. There's 150 people online right now. Uh, sh- sh- share this uh, video, would you? Somebody out there might need a miracle on your timeline. So, so be a miracle. Go help. Be helpful. Father, thank you so much for your word. It reminds us that we are a miracle, that you perform miracles, that you're signs, wonders, and miracles performer, uh, that when we hold to our hearts and believe and eradicate unbelief, then we can enjoy a miraculous life. Thank you that the new covenant, grace, and the spirit life overshadows and overwhelms the carnal, legalistic, dead life, and that in that new um, covenant, we are privileged both to receive miracles and to be agents of the miraculous. And we pray for a miraculous church life too. We thank you, Lord, for the miracle of your hand on our cities and our countries. And we pray that you will meet every need. In particular, we pray for rain over the drought that it'll break in Jesus' name, and that you'll again affirm and remind us of our dependency on you and our humility and gratitude for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.